FPL managers, welcome to the 18th episode of the FPL Optimized Podcast. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtov, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass, that's the question. Today we have a special episode planned as we're in the international break with no FPL game week coming up in the weekend. So Sirtov and I thought how we could make it fun and we came up with a solution. Uh, we are bringing in a guest and uh, wow, yeah, we really found a good one. We're welcoming Brad Taylor to the show. On Twitter, he's using the handle FPL Echipna, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. I had to look it up to find out an Echitna is an animal and is sometimes also called a spiny anteater, which quite well describes what it is. So Sertov and I will be asking Brad some questions today, and I already know my first question. How and why did he come up with this Twitter handle? But besides that, what's more important is that Brad finished third of the world in FPL last season, which is a huge achievement, of course. We'll be interested to hear how he did it and what tips he has for us mere mortals. So that's the plan for today. But before we jump into it, let's first hear from everyone. First up is Sertov. How are you doing, buddy? And how did your final game week before this international break go? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Bas. I finished with 64 points, and I think my rank rose from 1 million to around 630k now. Uh, I'm happy to get the captaincy correct for the first time. I think this season I picked Kane over Holland. And yeah, I'm 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 happy the way it yeah. went. Uh, rest of the team was fine too. Yeah, my game week rank was around 1.5 million. I mean, not the best, but pretty good, like yeah. better than average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and yeah, we are happy to be hosting Brad today, especially because of his use of analytics and also football knowledge or context, as he calls it. Uh, among the top three players of the last season, if I remember correctly, Brad had the highest MD rank. And MD rank is, do you know what it is, Bas? Uh, actually not, no. What you is see? it? You're a casual manager. It's a yeah. <laughs> massive data rank, which we use to measure how close decisions were to FPI reviews point projections. Okay. So having a higher MD rank is usually a very respectable thing to have in analytic circles. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Brett, first of all, thanks for accepting our invite and welcome. How are you? Let us know how your season is going so far. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It is a real honor. I'm a big fan um, of your your work and congrats on the podcast so far. Um, Yeah, this week I um, decided to hold off on my wild card to Game Week 9. So I ended up taking a minus four to kind of limp through and get 11 players out and I got um, 58 points minus four. So it was basically a very small red arrow. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm ranked just just ahead of you, so, so it's helped. So mm-hmm. it's been a fairly good start to the season. Although I think you know, I had a look back and if I just picked my vice captain as captain every single week so far, there's a few <laughs> where it would have gone worse for me, but overall I'd, I'd, I'd be well in the top 100,000. So oh, wow. um, yeah. Just not far, not far off the pace, but it just hasn't quite gone my way to um, mm-hmm. to get back in the uh, the top three again so far. But we'll see. All right. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, Bass, how, how did you get on? 
Yeah, thanks, Brad. Uh, well, it went pretty good this week. I wildcarded, so yeah, a good score was needed. Uh, I ended with 69 points, with Kane delivering as captain. Uh, finally, I also had Haaland in my team, so I didn't miss out on those points. And for the rest, I also had KDB, which also worked quite well. So yeah, I'm going with a so-called premium, as we know, <laughs> uh, which yeah, again, so far worked, at least for this game week. Um, yeah, let's dive into this week's discussion. And Sir Tom and I will mainly be asking Brad some questions on how he's playing the game. And to start with, Brad, as I mentioned, I'm quite intrigued by your Twitter handle, uh, FPL Echitna. So is there any reason why you chose that nickname? Yeah, I, I wanted to represent the Australian um, FPL managers, and that's uh, that's my favorite Australian animal. So okay. um, when I was looking around for something that could represent us down here, that's what I landed on. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, I learned something, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will start. Brett, so I'm interested in how and when you started playing FPL and also what motivated you to keep playing. Yeah, so I've been a football nerd, um, you know, since I was a teenager. So, um, you know, when all my friends were studying for, for school and going off to uni, I was just playing football manager um, and, and looking around on forums and, and things like, like that. And, and um, so I've been playing FPL for since way back, like 13 years or, or something like that. Although, you know, in those early years, I, I, I barely even really remember it because I don't think we could access much information and I, I couldn't watch many games and things like that so so i guess each year i, I signed up but um um yeah and, and, and kept coming back each year but i suppose it hasn't been until um the last few years um mm -hmm. after i've had a few different jobs in football that, that after i left those that i was able to maybe put a bit more focus on it and um and discover some of the tools like yours and, and start taking it a bit more seriously as well and on that so do you think those roles you have in football, they helped you to, you know, finish third in the world last season? Yeah, I, I think so. So uh, my first sort of career or first part of my career was as a football journalist um, here in Australia. Okay. Um, although, you know, covering the Premier League with ESPN and things like that as well. And then after that, I ended up working for one of the A-League clubs here as a performance analyst. Um, mm and did that for a few years and that was with melbourne city actually so part of the the manchester city's um, network of clubs and then after that i was um, a football researcher with the players union in australia here um, as well so across all of those different roles i think um, i've you know learned a bit about how clubs work on the inside how coaches think how players are and, and that yeah. kind of thing which um, probably helps for some of those more subjective decisions around um what we're trying to look at in fpl um as well as you know my my specific you know expertise that, that i bring to the community i guess mm -hmm. uh, is yeah. is specifically around that tactical analysis because that was that was my my day job once upon a time okay yeah, it's, it's great i mean i think you are the like perfect combination for an fpl manager like knows analytics and knows how to read the game it's amazing yeah, it's good to know. And indeed, I saw on your Twitter page that you also share sometimes some of the tactical analysis. And I indeed was wondering what your background was in football. So now I understand it better. 
Uh, and I, yeah, sometimes people say that it's, it's not an advantage if you have too much knowledge of the game, that it doesn't help you in FPL. But yeah, I always wondered why people would say that. <laughs> but uh, you're kind of proving the opposite, that it, it is helping you then. Well, you know, to that, I, I would say that um, it's just one part of it, just like, yeah. um, you know, the data side is another part of it, but, you know, analyzing fixtures and injuries mm. and, you know, yeah. there's different things that so many different um, people and, and tools bring to the community. And, and yeah, you, you, you could read what's on The Athletic. You could look at Tifo Football Podcast or even someone, yeah. if I can, you know, shout someone out like James planet fpl podcast i don't think mm -hmm. he's worked in the game but i really respect his football opinions for example yeah. so i think um yeah even if you didn't have my background there's a lot of stuff out there that people can access which can cover those aspects of the game to you know help with their decision making yeah okay and um yeah so we so as we always say in the podcast you know is, is it about data or is it about grass and I guess you are then the mix of the two. Is that the correct way to describe it? Or do you think you're more one thing compared to the other? Yeah, I definitely try to blend the two um, yeah. because, yeah, data is the starting point, really, because I don't have time to watch every minute of every game. No. And even if no. I did, I wouldn't have a perfect memory, you know, of every single action that happened. Um, and yeah. data just cuts through all that and, and calculates all of that for you. So I think it would be um, unwise to discount that. Um, but I also, you know, understand how the the projection models work and, and what they can do well and maybe some of the very few <laughs> limitations. Uh, but in those situations, you know, use my own um, understanding of the game to yeah. to maybe be a little bit higher on this player or team or or, or something like that or, or choose the x minutes um, or try to predict where things are going to go you know in the future um, and yeah. things like that and yeah and, and I think we're all doing that because yeah all of yeah. the all of the analytics managers it's not like they have the exact same team so everybody's making their own small subjective decisions um, to yeah. tweak things one way or, or another and I think that's that's the way that i like to play definitely yeah that's true yeah so yeah on that i listened to your black box interview and it was really good and i really enjoyed it and i think i called it ideal and you said ideal but not optimal <laughs> so i mean i think it could be optimal just to reiterate here so the way you play but just for the record, tell us more about how you play. Like when you, when it's the start of the season, for example, or when you are wildcarding, what's the first thing you do and how you start doing it? Do you, you do you check the data first, or do you have a few players that that is already in your mind that you like force in? So, yeah, tell us more about it. Yeah, I, look, if I had a very defined process around that i'd be happy to to share it i've got no secrets but i have to say you know sometimes it's a bit more random than that so you know sometimes yeah. i'll have a few ideas in mind from from things that i've seen in games or um and and i might check those against the model you know, like mm -hmm. last year when i did really well there were, there were weeks when i you know barely even looked at at review um for example mm -hmm. um because either i'd planned things a few weeks in ahead and had no reason to to change my mind mm -hmm. or okay. um had 
kind of just saw something that was going to be best for my team anyway. And then there's other times when, you know, maybe you, when you're around a wild card or the season just re- reaches a bit of a, a refresher point where you need to generate some ideas and using the model to kind of narrow down a hundred choices to maybe just five or 10, that's much more manageable that then you can think about in a bit more detail and, and add that strategy lens over how you're going to plot your transfers and things like that, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's a really good way to go about it as well. Um, you know, but other times, you know, might just be led by, led by the fixtures and, and not be too mm. worried about what's happened in the past because I don't want to miss out on those, those really big um, holes that, that can potentially come. So it's, it's, a, it's a real mix. So it sounds like you play more strategically, like you know what you will be doing in the few weeks of time. But do you ever find yourself like panicking the last minute before the deadline, just clicking around? That's only happened to me once ever that I can remember. And that was in game week 33, uh, 38 last season. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, because, yeah, so I, I got into the top 100 about halfway through the season mm-hmm. or something like that last year. So I was doing really well. And then once I got into um, the last stretch of the season, I started doing some you know, pretty crazy moves just to have a chance of going to number one because you, mm-hmm. you have to go against the pack, yeah. um, even if it's things that you can't even really justify to yourself that it's the best move. You just have to have some differences there. And the first yeah. few things I tried didn't work. So I actually dropped back a few hundred places. Wow. And then um, and De Bruyne, I got four goals against Wolves. I had him as my captain with, with two game weeks to go. Oh, that put yeah. me way right back up there in the top 100 mm-hmm. then i had my free hit in um, game week 37 ah. um where i was able to get some leicester players in and things like that that did well so i ended up fifth going into the very um last game week ah. with a chance uh, you know some chance to win it and i looked at, at all of the different teams above me to specifically go player for player what differentials do i need to have a chance of going above them because i don't care about dropping from fifth down to 25th or whatever at that point who cares right you just want to go for number one and from doing all that i saw that you know kulisevsky is who i should probably bring in because he was playing against norwich no one above me really had him so that was the kind of you know highest reward move that i could maybe use and then um i did my first stream because people were starting to pay attention to what i was doing (laughs) a few hours before the deadline the deadline was at like 2 a.m here in australia so i was staying up late and looking at team news to see if anything leaked through um because all 10 matches were at the same time it was all happening at once and i allowed myself to just kind of get overwhelmed by information and i panicked that um i was not going to get a full 11 out and ended up making a bit of a safer transfer, which I think was bringing in uh, Royal or, or Sessignon or something, something like that. But I lost that idea of having the big impact differentials of those above me and not worrying about something like, you know, dropping down ranks if I didn't um, get a full team out. So I should have, um, I should have ignored all of that and, mm-hmm. and just uh, stuck to my original plan. But yeah, wow. otherwise, um, you know, being in, Australia, you can be, um, you know, quite isolated from everything and have the deadlines at funny hours. So it sort of forces you to just make an earlier decision and, and then you just right. stuck with it, which yeah. can be a good thing. Yeah. 
because uh, I was wondering as you finished third, as if at any moment you 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 thought you had a chance to win it. But as you just explained, uh, I think yeah, you really went for it then at the end, right? Was the, yeah, the third was also the highest rank you had all season, or were you at some? Yeah, also second the first. No, okay. Yeah, I, I was right around sort of fiftieth for quite a few weeks through the right. middle um, of the season up to around game week thirty before I started um, making some of those moves, and then yeah, as I. I my sort of first few differentials didn't really pay off. I dropped back a bit and then I was thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to win it and the pressure's off. And yeah. last season was a, was a year with such big, big swing moments like the De Bruyne thing and, and others throughout the right. season. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of nice that I wasn't feeling that uh, pressure for too long. It was all <laughs> of a sudden. <laughs> due to the way sudden. Played it. Wow, amazing. All right. Yeah, and talking about that, having a chance to win it, uh, we had a question also on Twitter from FPL Spaceman. And he said that if you want to win the game, you also need to have some degree of positive variance. I think in my mind, in other words, it means that you know you cannot always just follow the field. You, will, you cannot just go for the safe picks, but you also need to play some bats, as you just described, uh, what you did with, with De Bruyne. Uh, and the question then is, yeah, what sort of variants would we want to expose ourselves to? And I think yeah, what you just described was, of course, more towards the end that you were really picking some differentials uh, and you were comparing to the, the teams above you. Uh, how do you approach that at this current stage in the game where we are still at the start around game week eight, game week nine? Are you, are you, also, are you trying to pick safely with some... Uh, you know, some some safe picks, or are you also going for more differentials? Yeah, um, I think I've thought about this a lot, um, probably more after it all happened rather than uh, during the season last year. And I think um, a really useful analogy for for this is thinking about a, a football match and um, and the game state of that. So if you think about, you know, at the start of the match, you don't want to do anything too crazy. You just want to play normally, right? Play to your team's normal strengths, um, what you think is, is best for you. But, yeah. you know, let's say at halftime, you're one goal down, you might need to take a few more risks than, than you were at the start, but still you don't go crazy at that point because you still, you know, have a lot more to lose um, than you have to gain. But in the yeah. last minute, we see teams put the goalkeeper forward for corners and things like that. Because yeah. at that point, there's no point worrying about the downside. You just yeah. want to, you know, have some chance of some miracle happening. And that's essentially what I did through last season. So I just played my normal game uh, most of the way through. As yeah. I started to get around game week 30, I started to just have, you know, one or two players different, like betting against Salah and, and Trent, for example, yeah. you know. At first, right. I did it with Bruno. It didn't really work out. Then I did it with uh, De Bruyne, and, and it eventually worked out better. Yeah. Um, and then in the last game week, like I said, just I benched Saka. I was doing, you know, any anything I could to just have some differences to the teams above me to to give it some chance. So that was like the yeah. like pushing the goalkeeper up. So I think that's the smartest way to approach it. But yeah, in saying all that, um, I also think that game theoretically there's not really any difference between doing your riskier moves right at the end of the season versus spreading them throughout the season a little bit mm -hmm. so for example last week i brought in you know perisic um as part of my my 
my dead end transfers before my wild card because I figure, well, you know, he's probably going to score at least one or two points. Um, But if he does happen to start and play most of the game, he's a player who's, you know, one of the ones who could possibly get, you know, a double figures. Whereas the other options like uh, a second Newcastle defender, you're probably (laughs) looking at, you know, maybe he'll get six, you know, and his projected points is probably around four and he might get two. So, I'm not going to lose a lot on that, but I might gain a lot. But you, know, yeah. you don't want to do that all the time or it's going to be too risky and you'll probably just fall back. But when you have those opportunities to just throw a punch as a one-off here or there, um, like betting big on a, on, a, on a few poker hands or something like that, um, yeah. then I think it's okay to be already thinking about that now. Oh, that's good. I like that anal- analogy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh... I have two questions, but I will combine them. So you also share content on Twitter, but I was wondering how much content do you consume on a weekly basis? I mean, this season, especially because of the weird pricing we have, some of the moves are very obvious. So you probably don't need to spend too much time, you know, listening anything or reading anything. (laughs) But are there sources that you follow it could be uh, like podcasts youtube channels or maybe are you following like other top managers like what fabio is doing every game week yeah so i um i listen to um, you guys obviously and and i, I on this note i really do want to say so it's helped um you know say what a breath of fresh air you've been to the community because mm-hmm. your your expertise um, and your tools are obviously appreciated by everybody, but the mm-hmm. spirit in which you've come in with the generosity and curiosity and humility behind that as well, I think is even more impressive. So, mm-hmm. so I just thanks. wanted to take a chance to, to acknowledge that and say thanks for that. And congrats to both you guys on, on the pod again. Um, I, I listened to quite a few different podcasts. I like to just um, absorb different um, opinion or maybe little details that, that I wasn't aware of that someone heard from a journalist or, or whatever, you know, kind of mm-hmm. leaks out that might be useful. So, um, you know, Planet FPL, The Wire, um, those, are, mm-hmm. those are a couple, you know, that I yeah. probably listen to most mm-hmm. weeks. Um, there's so many different tools that I would use, like everything from... Um, you know, obviously review for points projections, but FPL statistics for, for price changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to follow, you know, Lego Mane on Twitter for, for fixtures stuff, as well as, um, you know, Ben Krellen. Yeah, um, so many, so many useful accounts. I think that, you know, most people who are on Twitter would be following by now that just kind of distill that information for you. Um, yeah. I've probably been putting in more time on Twitter this year because my profile's built up a bit since I did so well and, and I've been enjoying you know sharing some content out there myself because I'm not working in football anymore. So it's nice to scratch that itch of actually you know cutting some, um, some stuff together from games again. Um, but yeah, I, I do spend quite a bit of time and it can, it can be a lot um, at times to stay on top of. So, international breaks and, and things like that it's a good time to just try to step away and, and stay refreshed because you know one of the hardest things about this game is just staying on it for 38 weeks i think right. um, the decision making part is is hard and that's what we all focus on but it's actually 
actually just the commitment and consistency and not missing deadlines <laughs> and yeah. and that which is uh, really challenging too. Yeah. Yeah, and then some people play uh, fantasy for Champions League on top, and I think some <laughs> even play fantasy for Formula One, right, sir? Top. So <laughs> I, I play Formula One. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a different game at the end. I also yeah. signed up for the Champions League game, but I yeah, also? I think I missed that deadline. Already, no, <laughs> the second I take a break to be honest. Yeah, I can relate to what Brad was saying. Yeah, and maybe a little bit on that as well. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about FPL and, and mental health. And it's a bit funny because I remember a couple of years ago I was I was listening to a podcast from the FPL general, and I was still quite new to FPL. And he was talking about mental health, and I was really surprised that mental health was was an issue for uh, for some people in this game because I was thinking, you know, it's just for fun. But you know, I noticed myself that the more you get into it, the more you can also be affected by a bad game week. Uh, and again, yeah, it's, it's strange because in the end we play for fun, but still, I mean, yeah, how you feel about it sometimes, uh, it's just something you cannot always control, I, I suppose. So yeah, how was that for you, Brett? And especially how was that last year when you were competing for the top spots? Um, I can imagine it must have been quite stressful at some moments. And, and did you have any specific ways to, to deal with that? Oh, it's, a, it's a really good question. I think um, I'm glad you asked it. I think it's really important as well. And yeah. to be honest with you guys and, and everyone listening, you know, one of the reasons why I ended up leaving my job um, at the at the football club was as you know as amazing as it was and the and the positives were were fantastic with that career um, after a few years of doing that with the workload and and the weekends and the traveling and, and everything right. like that it was I was pretty maxed out and yeah. needed to you know take a break away from things and um, and benefited from doing that so um, mm. yeah, so I totally um, believe in the importance of this um, with with FPL. For me, because maybe maybe because I've you know worked in football or something like that, I, I do see it as just a hobby and, and a nice okay. outlet on the side, so I don't let it get to me too much. But um, and and I think also having a statistical understanding of the game does help a little bit because when mm. you have a bad game week, it puts that in context a little bit of you know the randomness that was behind that. Um, and even, you know, with finishing third, um, I've, you know, said this many times before, I'm very humble about, about the amount of luck that went into that. So, um, I, I'm just grateful that it happened really. And it gets me to, um, you know, have conversations like this and get to meet more people in the community and, yeah. and, and things like that. And, and I, but, you know, at a technical level, I understand that even if I play 10 times better this season, I'm still probably a thousand times less likely to finish in the top 10 because um, of the amount of sort of uh, randomness that goes into those um, very high right. ranks. So that's, that's one way that, um, yeah, it, I find it kind of okay to deal with. It's, it's really, I would just okay. say to people that um, they should remember, be very intentional about how much time you put into the game and don't just get caught up just browsing things um, for hours because it's definitely diminishing returns. And, and also when you have a bad game week, if you remember why you play, whether it's the, the social aspect or the puzzle of, of solving the data or, or learning new things or whatever, just focus on that part of it rather than your score. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. Cause I think sort of, you also sometimes say that, right? Because yeah, you're into data and into, into analytics, you can better uh, accept the randomness, I guess. So you're, you're not, 
you know, to borders with a bad yeah. game. I think that's one of the benefits of analytical play because okay. you are basically following the model and, and it's based on data. So it's pretty objective. So you don't include, you know, much subjectivity into it. You're not giving biased uh, decisions because you like a player or because you don't like a team. Yes. It's pretty much like this is what the data says. This guy is more likely to get a goal then I will pick him. And if he blanks, then you can go just blame the model. And uh -huh. you know that it's a probability that that could always have happened. So it usually hurts more if when I give a subjective decision. Yeah. For example, this game week, I was between captaining Holland or Kane. Yeah. And the data was saying Kane is a better captain. And I'm like, if I pick Holland and if he gets less points than Kane, I will be really upset about it. So I said, yeah. okay, just follow the model. If Kane doesn't get that money, then that many points, I won't be too upset. So I think it's a plus, but yeah, okay. not always, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brad, how is it for you this year? Then do you do you feel more pressure that you feel like okay, I was third, so I need to be third again, or do you feel like well, you kind of proving yourself and you can be more relaxed about it? Uh, I definitely don't think i've i've proven much because i i do think the the mark of a very good um, fpl manager is to have consistently very good ranks you know yeah. like top 10k or, or something like that um which yeah. i haven't done um so I've, I've i've had a few other good ranks but um you know one really good one so like i said i've yeah, I, I don't really think it's realistic to repeat that, which in a way takes the pressure off and I can just, yeah. Yeah, like I said, enjoy enjoy that it happened. Um, I've got my FPL stress ball here now from my prize pack in case um, oh, I go well. And, oh, that's um, great. I get to, um, yeah, like I said, I get to, to do things like this. And, and this season I'm also, you know, part of um, uh, with the strikers, keepers, losers, weepers um, tournament where you, mm -hmm. where you team up with other managers to, to go against other teams of managers and things like that as a bit okay. of a sub game, you know, I'm meeting um, some interesting um, analytics players um, through that and, and learning new thing, a lot of new things from them um, and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm enjoying this season for, for different reasons and, um, and, you know, hoping to do well, of course, because I'm, I'm competitive and, and trying yeah. to, to succeed, but um, I'm not, not feeling too much pressure about it. I'm just kind okay. of um, yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, I'm also participating in that tournament. I'm in a team. And yeah, I should mention that I think it's one of the greatest things about in FPL, in my opinion, because FPL is in usually like you are competing against everyone else, right? Because you are trying mm -hmm. to give your decisions. You are trying to, you know, pass your friends. Like I was trying to beat Buzz for two years and I was feeling happy, but... Uh, now it's the... too easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, I mean, games where you need to collaborate is a better experience. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so... Last question from my side is, would you recommend playing FPL to any of your friends if they're not already playing? And what are the good and bad things about FPL in your opinion? Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I would, I would recommend it. You know, okay. I, I enjoy it. I think it's a, net, it's a net positive thing for me. So I'd say the same for them if, if it's something that they're interested in. And 
and football itself um i've talked about this you know with um, some of my old colleagues many times that the beauty of football is that there's so many entry points into it for people like mm-hmm. if you're fascinated by the the tactics that's there or the data that's there or even just the aesthetics of of looking at the stadium and the game is is mm. there and even you know i've learned a lot about geography and and traveled different places around the world for football and and things like that so there's so many different ways to um appreciate it and and yeah similar with fpl you know it's whatever you want to get out of it if it just gives you a little bit more of a thrill while you're watching games if you'd be doing that anyway um then sure and if it's a way to to meet different people and be part of the community on on twitter and things like that and that's a positive thing for you then yeah find find the part of it that you enjoy pretty much you know don't get involved in any of the beefs like sir help and um and stay out of the parts that are negative and and um why not so we have received a question on twitter from vixuna it is vladict fp on twitter uh He has several questions, but one of the questions that we would like to answer is, what do you think the models are missing? Uh, it's most asking about the historical data, about the captaincy for the Game Week 9 options. So we talked about this a little bit before, but your models are not obviously perfect. They are based on the probability of events happening and the way we predict probabilities are based on two things. First of all, the player's own data and also the opposing team's data. So even if at least one of them is wrong, the answer you come up might be wrong. So, and also we are talking about probably small differences. Sometimes you think a player is about to get, you know, a goal with a 70% probability. In other cases, 60%. I mean, is it too different? It affects the expected value quite a bit in some cases, especially uh, because for defenders, especially, it's very difficult because if you consider just one goal, I mean, it could be by luck. I mean, it could hit, you know, keeper and then becomes an own goal. You lose tons of points just because of it. So predicting that probability of keeping a clean sheet, for example, in my opinion, is very difficult. And the way people usually see models that, oh, the model was uh, expecting to give me, let's say, 4.5 uh, expected value from this goalkeeper, but he considered two goals, so I got one point. So this model is obviously wrong. Is probably another good way to think about these things. And I mean, models are trying to predict the you know, as close to reality as possible. So everyone is trying it and everyone is trying to use new data points. Sometimes they will get it wrong. And in this question, it says review projects Holland as per his historic data. But if you if you only look at his Manchester City performance, then Erling may get one goal more for next two game weeks. Will this continue? So again, I mean, I don't know what goes into reviews model, but I assume um, it also uses Holland's past season data. I don't know what kind of weight it's being applied, but I mean, since I really don't know what goes into it, I can't really say what's missing. Sometimes people are trying to cherry pick some cases and try to come up with a conclusion that, oh, this is what review is missing, or, oh, this is what Kiwi's model is missing here. I mean, 
those people are reading those comments too. And I only assume that they are trying to incorporate those aspects if it wasn't part of it before, which I suspect not the case. But anyway, so it is hard. I mean, at the end of the day, we only go with the average expected value. But yeah. yeah. Something you wanted to add up to that, Brock? Oh, I think, yeah, that was that was a really good summary. Um, I, when I'm looking at, um, you know, how much weight should I give the, the model prediction in my decision-making, you know, if, yeah. if it's, if you're looking at a player who's been in the league for a long time in the same team under the same manager, playing the same role and the team around him is, is pretty similar as well, then I would give a lot of uh, um, weight to that prediction. Whereas, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, we've got something like Chelsea now have a new manager with Potter and the model doesn't know anything about Chelsea under Potter because it's mm. it's never seen Chelsea under Potter just like we haven't. So mm. that's where we're making more um, subjective decisions around looking at what Chelsea's players did before, looking at what Potter did before um, and trying to guess who's going to play what type of role and, and how strong the team might be. Um, and it would be nice if we you know, could wait several weeks for data to accumulate before we make those decisions. But of yes. course, FPL, you know, the timing of it means that um, you have to make decisions with a lot of that uncertainty um, a lot of the time. Um, and those are the types of examples where, um, yeah, where I think not, not so much going against the model, but just understanding, you know, how much weight to give the model's prediction in your... Um, in your own decision or whether to go with something that you believe will happen, like a player will play a certain role in that mm -hmm. system um, yeah. that he's going to implement. So things like things like X minutes is obviously something that, you know, people should be adjusting by themselves as well. Mm. Um, and another, another thing I'd say is kind of the update speed of the model. So Harlan's yeah. a really good example of that, yeah. where I think for the model to be, scientific it should pretty much apply the same rules to all of the different players in it otherwise it's just a person you know with their hand on the dials making their own putting their own opinion on there anyway um, yeah. but it has to treat harland the same as every other player who's joined the league as a, as a new signing previously um, but if you have yeah. some reason to believe why harland um, why the data we're seeing with harland is more sustainable more quickly um, then you could you know, be higher on him probably than, than what the model is or, or, or differently for another player. And yeah, you, I do that all the time. I get it wrong lots of times. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's certainly, yeah, not, not easy to, to poke holes in the data. Um, but those are the places where I think you can at least try um, and put more of your own opinion I, over things. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And about this uh, last game week, I was producing some, you know, optimal teams for people to check for, especially yeah. for the wildcard eight people. Um, in some plans, I had Son so that it, mm. he can be replaced with Salah the following game week. Yeah. I mean, people look at it and people are usually like, Son, I mean, he wasn't playing that well this season. Like, yeah. do your model really choose him? Like, that should be there should be something wrong with it. But then when he goes and gets a hat trick, people are like, oh, wow, model knew. Well, it, it was a probability. I mean, not because model was like seeing the future, but I mean, 
yeah, for the same players playing in the same team, same role, Brett said it perfectly. So we know that there's a baseline and a player can do many things. So people sometimes want models to update really fast. Sometimes yeah. they, they want it to update really slow. So mm -hmm. maybe in the future we will get a knob to play, like how fast you want model to get updated. But yeah, until then, we will always have these kind of questions, I guess. Yeah. Oh, there's, different, there's different models. Oh, sorry, pass. But yeah, there's there's different models out there with different points projections because the different yeah. users or, or creators of those are putting different inputs in there, which which are you know subjective choices to to some degree based on on the data and, and what they think will create the best predictive fit. But um, yeah, just the fact that there are different ones that, that show different um, data, you know, is another is another way to say that, you know, the game hasn't been solved and that there's definitely, even within modeling, there are different valid choices to make. Um, and so as a manager, that's another thing that, uh, that gives me belief that if I have some reason to, to treat a certain player slightly differently as well, then, then that's totally within reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I just wanted to say it's great that we have some now also in-depth analytics discussion. And I see that you guys are really getting very excited about it. <laughs> so it may be a bad moment to close it. Uh, let me just check with you. Is there still anything you wanted to add? Anything we didn't discuss? All good from me. Yeah, same here. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you again, Brett. Um, you had to wake up quite early for this in Australia. We, we appreciate it. It was a great discussion. Um, really happy that you uh, wanted to join us today. Thanks for sharing all your insights with us. Uh, and thanks, Sertal, for coming up with the idea to invite Brett. Uh, I think it was great to have a guest for today during the international break. Next week, we will be back with a regular episode to talk about the Game Week 9 Dilemmas. Thanks for listening to our FPL Optimized podcast. Make sure to subscribe to it so you'll know when the next episode is out. Or follow us on Twitter. For Sirtop, it's at SirtopBilal. And for me, it's at BelfiBB. And for Brett, as mentioned, it's at FPLHitna. Wishing everyone a nice, quiet weekend without FPL and talk to you again next time. Mm -hmm.